When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It is now 1-1 Penguins and Islanders with six and a half minutes left in the second period. Blue Jackets leading the Lightning 3-0. Two minutes into the third. Blue Jackets trying to go up 2-0 on the President's Trophy winners. Blues and Jets will start in half an hour and later San Jose home to Vegas. The Blue Jays getting hammered tonight 8-0. They trail Tampa Bay. That's in the top of the seventh. The Masters at 7-under. Molinari, Day, Kepka, Scott, and Oosthuizen at 6-under. Johnson, Harding, Shoffley, and Woods. Poulter and Rom at 5-under. Very congested leaderboard. Going to be a fun weekend. Canadian Corey Connors, by the way, 3-under for the tournament. He is tied for 16th, shot a 70 yesterday, came back with a 71 today. So he's doing pretty well, too. We'll keep an eye on him going into the weekend. I gave you that Allen Cup score before the break. Innisfail over Stony Creek, 3-2 in a semifinal this afternoon. Innisfail moving on to tomorrow's final. Lacombe and Rosetown in the other semi coming up at 8 o'clock tonight. Just getting underway in Brooks, game one of the Alberta Junior Hockey League final. The Bandits hosting the North champion Spruce Grove Saints. And uh, during the news, we had someone call in asking for the women's hockey score. Well, that's tomorrow, 7 a.m., Saturday morning, 7 a.m., Canada-Finland in a semifinal. Canada beat Germany 5-0 yesterday in a quarterfinal. So it's Canada-Finland at 7 a.m. in one semi, the United States and Russia in the other semi at 11 in the morning, and then the gold medal game is Sunday at 11 a.m., and uh, very well could be Canada and the United States once again. Great to have Jimmy Carson on the show in the last half hour, catching up with him pretty uh, candid about his experiences uh, with the Oilers, both coming to the team and and uh, and leaving just over a year later he asked for uh, for a trade we uh, in a few minutes we'll get to patrick cassidy the owner of the edmonton prospects uh, some question marks well there, there shouldn't be question marks but i guess they are they they wanted a long-term lease at remax field 25 years they're willing to pump money into it to uh, upgrade it and maintain it and the city said no we'll look for someone for a 10-year lease and they're talking to this Pioneer League team for single-A ball, which I think flat out wouldn't work here in Edmonton. It's too far away from all the other teams in the league. The American teams don't want to bus here. They, they don't want to come up here. I think the prospects are working fine. I think they've come a long way. I think they've they've built their identity in the niche in the city and with fans who wanted to go to the games. Uh, I don't see why the city is, is uh, fooling around with this. Hopefully they get the 10-year lease if they're not going to give them the 25. Ralph Kruger, former head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, fired after five years as the chairman in Southampton in the English Premier League. Pretty high-profile job. So uh, we'll see what is ahead for Ralph, who is uh, one of the most interesting gentlemen you will ever meet. I I think he'll have probably uh, several opportunities presented to him here, and he'll be able to work at his convenience. Will he wind up with the Edmonton Oilers in some capacity? 
yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I wouldn't bet the farm on that. But, you know, maybe they'll talk to him. He'd probably be, I, don't, I can't see him being the general manager, and they're not necessarily looking for a president, at least not in the, in the short term. I, I, like I was saying last hour, I'm going to be very interested to hear and see and read the reaction in oil country when the team picks its new general manager. Because no matter who they hire, there there's going to be at least one strike against that individual. Either he's never been a GM before, or he was a GM before, but he messed up something and got fired with his previous team. Or he's connected to the Oilers, so he's going to be perceived as, as getting the job, you know, because of the network he's in. I, I wonder if there's somebody out there who would most appease the fan base, or, or that would kind of, you know, might have some strikes against him, but but the fans would think, okay, we're we're all mostly comfortable with that. We can reach a consensus. And, uh, you know, i got to hand it to Derek Van Deese with Post, Post Media. He wrote about this gentleman earlier this week. And I don't know if it's going to be this guy. I don't, I don't have any inside information. I mean, Bob Nicholson isn't talking to people. There's a, There are a lot of rumors out there, a lot of gossip. Well, I'm not going to touch that because one day it's one thing and one the next day it's the other thing. But just in pure speculation... And I wonder if this is a guy that most Oilers fans would be able to say, oh, "Okay, uh, I'm comfortable. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Maybe I'm not sure, but I, I'm mostly comfortable, and I'm not going to raise a ruckus about it." And that gentleman is Bill Guerin, who's an assistant general manager with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he would have a strike against him that he's never actually been a GM, but he has been working for a very successful franchise. He's an intelligent guy. Um, he would not have the strike against him of of having been a GM and messed up any moves because he's never been a GM. He would have the strike against him of being an ex-Oiler, but I I don't think Garen would necessarily be seen as being part of the quote unquote old boys club. He was not around in the '80s. He was you know an Oiler in the uh, in the late '90s for a few seasons. Pretty good player, and most of his career is defined by his accomplishments with other teams. So I wonder, and and again, I don't know if that's how it's going to be, but I wonder if that's a name. Just hypothetically, if if Garen was the guy hired, that a large majority of Oilers fans would be like, oh, "Okay, I, I I'm not upset. I might have questions, but but I'm not going out with with flames and pitchforks. Uh, oh, let him see how he does. I mean, no matter who it is, you're going to have to wait and see how he does. <laughs> but you might be you might have more patience with Bill Garen and more understanding if if that was the guy. Anyway. One of the big stories to follow this summer, of course. The uh, Edmonton prospects are counting down to their home opener, but what is going on with the future of their ballpark? Well, the owner of the team is Patrick Cassidy. Patrick, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you doing, Reed? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you back on the show. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, obviously, the, the prospects have their home opener coming up on May 25th, so we're slowly counting down to that, which is cool. But obviously, some uh, some other news for the prospects and for you this week with the uh, the city looking for uh, a, a, a 10-year lease for a tenant, and you guys were willing to step up for 25 years. So give me give me your reaction to this and, and what you're, you've been hearing from the city here. Well, I, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, we were hopeful that uh, they might sit down and, and uh, start talking to us about that uh, 25-year proposal that we had put on the table. Um, but uh, leading up to that, we, we kind of knew they had a, their own process they were they were interested in uh, um, working on and uh, 
So I guess, I guess we weren't surprised that, that that didn't necessarily go where we wanted it to. Um, so here we are. Um, they've uh, Their administration has put a report in front of a committee, and the committee and is asking the committee to uh, look at a 10-year lease for the ballpark, and they want to put it out to out to tender. I think they did that just to sort of put the feelers out there to see what uh, might, what else might be out there. Um, not that happy about that. I, you know, I felt we had earned, uh, um, you know, some respect and some uh, op- opportunity to maybe negotiate a longer-term lease with the city without, uh, you know, just creating all this extra uncertainty that comes with putting it out to a open tender like that. All right. Well, are you prepared to to respond to that tender and, and put in something for for a ten year lease for the prospects? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we've been prepared. Uh, we'll modify our, our twenty five year, and uh, um, you know, there's some other things now. Uh, you know, some other discussions and some other things going on that uh, you know we're we're getting some some some, some input from council that are maybe looking for some people to step up with some big picture ideas and um yeah i think this is going to be a process that's going to they're going to play out over a few months here and and, uh you know we'll we'll see what happens but we're pretty confident we can we can uh, be the uh the club standing at the end of the day okay well yeah, it, it seems to me logically that you would, but uh, I, I guess uh, I guess we'll have to go through this process. No, no. Give me, in your words here, this involvement of this Class A Pioneer League team from from Utah that that might be looking for a new home and and sharing the facility with you. Like, is this practical in any way in your mind? And I know, I guess it's. I mean, nothing's for sure, but it's it's been thrown out there. So, what's going on here? Well, there's there's always there's always people that are interested in, you know, throwing that out there. Uh, for some reason, they're they're of the mind that we need affiliated baseball, and anything other than affiliated baseball isn't you know totally right for this city. I don't agree with that at all. I think the product we've got has got a, it's got far more benefits for the city and. Um, you know, and I think it's being well received, and and and, and I think the uh, trend lines are moving in that direction. From a practicality standpoint, I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, you've got a bus league and the Pioneer League. I think the closest uh, team would be, I'm going to say, 11 hours away, Grand uh, Great Falls, maybe a little closer than that. And then they they get further after that. I know that Major League Baseball teams, uh, those players belong to them, and. They're interested in developing baseball players, not having them spend a lot of time on the bus. So some guy up in Edmonton can maybe make some money. Um, I, I just don't, uh, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the proponent that's bringing that idea forward. I think uh, I think it's not practical. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to uh, to go anywhere. I don't. I, and and I've talked to a lot of other baseball people. They don't seem to think the product itself is actually uh, an improvement. It's 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 lateral at best, and maybe not even that. Uh, Northwest League, same sort of situation, a little better quality of, of league in terms of the players, but you got the same problems. You got like distances that are, you know, you're spending a lot of time on the bus. Uh, the budgets don't allow for for, for flights and and uh, things like that. And, you know, it's, it's one thing having Edmonton go down to all these centers, but you're also asking all those clubs to come up here. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, and, and, and I think at the end of the day, in the uh, hearing yesterday, 
you know, he said it was something that would, wouldn't happen overnight. And it's, you know, the communications with different leagues and this and that. And it's a two to three to four year proposition. You know, and my argument is, hey, you know, we've been here for seven or eight years at that ballpark since 2012. Um, you know, we've had our own challenges, but we continue to move forward. We continue to build our fan base, our sponsorship base. Um, we've, uh, I think we've energized the city and got a lot of people excited about baseball again. I see the effects that this type of baseball has on just grassroots development. You're not going to get that with, uh, with uh, and, you know, affiliate-type teams or independent teams. Um, just a lot of good reasons to, to, to just keep going the way we're going here. Patrick Cassidy joining us on Inside Sports. He's the owner of the Edmonton Prospects. As I know as part of your 25-year lease proposal, you were ready to do some upgrades and do some work on uh, on Remax Field. What were some of the, the highlights there that you were willing to step up and do? Well, we need a new uh, a new infield. The one that's there is uh, that turf infield is pretty much uh, near the end of its life. Um, we, we you know we we certainly we'd certainly like to bring a new modern uh, age clock in there or digital board in there. Um, I call it the, I call the one we have a, a kind of a light bright technology, it's basically just light bulbs. And uh, you know I think uh, part of part of our mandate is is, is, is all about the fan experience. And uh, we'd we'd like to we think that a, a new board digital board there's so many different things you can do with replays and and uh, you know just all kinds of different stuff that we can put on that board that's going to enhance the fan experience. I think it's uh, something that is is a must. Um, you know, there's some things we want to do in terms of uh, drainage, kind of boring stuff, but we probably feel we could save a few games if we could maybe do a few things improving, improving the, the drainage. We'd like to activate the uh, that home plate lounge on a, on a year-round basis. Uh, the neighborhood wants it. We want it. So I think, uh, there, you know, there's some things, maybe some upgrades we'd, we'd want to do to that and, 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 uh, and make that happen. Um, I don't have the entire list in front of me. I, I know there's some some things we'd like to do in terms of egress from the stadium so that we can up our game in terms of concerts, um, things like that. Um, oh, another big one I missed was uh, just the lighting. The uh, We've got old school metal halide 1500-watt lights. Uh, we'd like to replace those with, uh, uh, with new LED lights. It's going to increase the... You know the lighting for one thing, but reduce costs immensely in terms of uh, utility costs, and so that's a, that's almost like a no-brainer. And the prospects are really, uh, there's, to, there's people, and you're willing to pay for all sorry, that without the without the city putting up any money. Well, we were we were willing to pay for all that plus some other stuff we wanted to do. Uh, you know, in exchange for a 25-year lease, I guess uh, if it's a 10-year lease, we're gonna you know have to weigh. Uh, weigh the, the the list and and determine whether you know what makes sense from an amortization standpoint um you know we, we you know bottom line is uh viability of the club and, and sustainability and uh that's all tied into uh, what type of uh, financing you've got in place and those types of questions okay well patrick thanks for the update i wish you all the best here moving forward looking forward to, to seeing the product on the field obviously you guys have had uh what three pretty good seasons in a row which is cool home openers coming up on may 25th so we'll talk to someone from your club leading up to that as well thank you so much for your time absolutely appreciate it reed thank you 
Patrick Cassidy is the owner of the Edmonton Prospects. Trucker Dave texting in during that interview, and he says, Hi, Reed. I think the city of Edmonton has been downright rude to the prospects. You know, the prospects have done a lot, and it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's it's college kids who, who play in, in, in the NCAA in most cases, and they come and play here in the summer, and there are some local guys on the team every year, and the prospects have had some up-and-down se- seasons. Um, you know, but they've they've built a fan base. They uh, they've done better on the field. Like I said, the last three years they've had some good playoff series. They've had some big playoff upsets, and they're willing to put the money in. So what is wrong with that? I, I don't know why the the city of Edmonton would have would have a problem with that. I, I'm well. I guess we'll find out as this goes along. It's seven twenty two inside sports on six thirty. Chat. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Of course, we'll have you covered on Tuesday, Election Day in Alberta. All the lead-up that you need, all the storylines, and then all the results in the evening. Michael Walters from Ward 10 was uh, talking about the uh, prospects and uh, not uh, giving them the longer lease. It's an affordable family outing opportunity at a great facility in the River Valley, a great amenity for the city. And like Scott said, it needs to be enlivened uh, for sure. And and like Bev said, it can be enlivened with more than just baseball, microbreweries, events that are not baseball events other times of the year. Uh, I feel like our leadership across the city has been a little tepid on this. We haven't dug deep enough, and it's time to dig deep and find something great that can happen down there. But it has to be centered around baseball. Well, they have that. I, I just don't understand what they want, what, why they're half-assed courting some team in the United States that's going to be a 12-hour bus ride from the nearest team when you have a, a team playing in a Western Canadian League. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but hoping that hopefully the councillors educate themselves on uh, what is happening, what the prospects have done, and what they want to do. That might be a good idea. FC Edmonton getting ready for the uh, the first ever Canadian Premier League season are in the Dominican Republic. You will find out why. And somebody is back at work from WrestleMania. All ahead. Day today? 
He is 26 years old, that young man. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet, would you believe the Columbus Blue Jackets lead the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-1 with four minutes left? Columbus on the verge of going up 2-0 in the series, heading home for games three and four. Penguins and Islanders 1-1 after two. Blues and Jets about to get underway. Sharks and Golden Knights at 8.30. The Toronto Blue Jays are not done. They have scored sixth in the bottom of the seventh, and they are still batting. Tampa Bay leading the game 8-6. It was 8-0 going into the bottom of the seventh, and the Blue Jays have narrowed it to 8-6. At the Masters, Molinari, Day, Kepka, Scott, and Oosthuizen. Five-way tie for the lead at 7-under. Tiger Woods in a group, one shot off the lead. Very tight. First period, game one of the AJHL final. Brooks leads Spruce Grove, 1-0. About five minutes left in the first period there. At the Allen Cup, Innisfail 3, Stony Creek 2 this afternoon in a semifinal. Innisfail plays the winner of Lacombe and Rosetown for the Allen Cup tomorrow. Lacombe and Rosetown face off at 8 o'clock. The Oil Kings waiting to see who they're going to play in the Eastern Conference Final. It'll be either Prince Albert or Saskatoon, but the Oil Kings have announced they will have home games, games three and four of that series, on Tuesday the 23rd and Wednesday the 24th. Tickets will go on sale this coming Tuesday, the 16th at 10 in the morning. You can go to oilkings.ca. We were talking about the Edmonton prospects. We just had the owner of the team on. Some text to 630-630. This person says they talk a good game, but why did the city not renew the last year of the prospect's contract? They must have a reason. Do the prospects not pay their bills or something? I think the prospects are fine with their bills. The Fizzler checking in on a Friday evening. He says, Reed, if you're ever wondering what the city of Edmonton is going to do, just imagine the most reasonable, practical, affordable solution that has the backing of the majority of the citizens, then do the opposite. And Foo texting in. He says the city's worried someone else is going to make a ton of cash off the facility. They're trying to see if they can get someone else in there that will allow the city to share in the wealth. They need to stop being greedy and let the prospects grow what they can make, as, let them grow and uh, make as much money as they want. That is from Foo. Some text there to 630-630. Interesting story. I got to admit, I have a lot of respect for what the prospects have done. They've, uh, they've come a long way. Sure, I was uh, skeptical the first couple of years they were trying to make a go of it there, but they've carved their own niche. They don't need 10,000 fans. You know, they, they, they get some good crowds. Canada Day's good. They got a good following. People like going to that ballpark in the summer. They've done a good job. I don't think you need to try to attract a single-A team that's on the outer fringes of its league. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, those are some texts there to 630-630. Appreciate everybody chiming in tonight. I am pleased to welcome back to the 630 Ched control room, working his first day back from vacation, my good friend Kellen Kennedy. Hi, Kellen. Hey, Reed. How you doing? What's going on, Edmonton? What's been happening? It's nice to see you, Kellen. So I'm very interested to hear about your trip to WrestleFest 4000, or whatever uh, it's called. Uh, it was definitely a <laughs> fest of wrestling. What was, uh, it, what was it, WrestleMania 36? 35. So next year is 36. Yep, and they actually announced I the site. I done learned math, Kelly. There you go. They, they announced the site of next year's WrestleMania. It will be in Tampa Bay, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Are you going to go? 
Not sure yet. I'm, I'm unsure. I wasn't sure about this one either, but... All right, we got to talk about this trip. So, now, WrestleMania itself was Sunday. Correct. But how many wrestling-related events did you attend total? Over five days, probably about nine events. And Oh, really? At the top of my just estimating, I think I saw about 50, like... The number five zero uh, fifty individual matches live. So they had WrestleMania on Sunday, but they had a whole bunch of other wrestling cards going on. Absolutely. All right. Now I got to ask: Were you there when Bret Hart got attacked? No, actually, I was at a venue. I was at a, an event, uh, at an event across town, I should say, at Madison Square Garden that was happening up, uh, running opposition to. The hall, the hall of Fame ceremony at Barclays, I should say. Okay, so t- I'm curious how this works. So they they had WrestleMania, but what else did they have? They had Monday Night Raw. Yep. And where was that? That all the uh, other stuff that was happening during the week that WWE was putting on happened at Barclays Center. So. Oh, so what did you go to at MSG? Uh, what I went to at MSG was a rival company from Japan called New Japan Pro Wrestling was putting on oh. a card called. So they roll in and put something on the same weekend. The same weekend, yeah. Interesting. At, and how at, was that compared to WWE? The quality. Awesome, because uh, we and the rest. Of, like as wrestling fans consider Madison Square Garden as the wrestling mecca because that's where the first WrestleMania was held. Uh, was that where under the giant? Was yeah. he in that one or was he in a later one? Uh, yeah, that's, well, it's, it's it's one of the buildings where Andre the Giant made his uh, 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 huge initial splash in the U.S. You're probably thinking of the Pontiac Silverdome, the one where Hulk yeah. Hogan body slammed yeah, yeah, Andre sure. the Giant. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking of, so, Kellen. Sure. There you go. Because yes, <laughs> the wrestling history is just bouncing around in my brain, and I can't get it all out. Right. Okay, no, seriously, that's cool. Okay, so you go to this rival company. Yeah. Uh, so the... How would they do this? Because Monday Night Raw has a pretty big following. Mm-hmm. So they wrestle in WrestleMania on Sunday, and then they do something on Raw the next day? That's right, yeah. And oh, it wow. was pretty interesting this year. It was a little bit of a different take because uh, there was 16 matches on WrestleMania on Sunday, if you could believe that, which stretched the show out to about a five-and-a-half-hour, six-hour runtime uh, from start to finish. So what they did on Monday and Tuesday is they didn't use everybody, Reed. They just had... The big stars, the winners come in, and some of the younger stars go head-to-head on Monday and Tuesday on Raw and SmackDown. And so what's the difference between Raw and SmackDown again? Oh, just uh, not really a whole lot other than Raw has the Universal title, and oh, SmackDown right. has the these... WWE title. All right. Yeah. Is there a galactic title? Not yet. Are... <laughs> I'm sure they're I'm sure they're pondering it. Okay. Once they have WrestleMania on Mars, maybe. maybe that, that's, no, that's so WrestleMania was in the football stadium. Yes. The, the link. Yeah, uh, the MetLife. Yeah. Or MetLife, sorry, the link is in Philly. Right. Uh, so that's where the Giants and Jets play. Mm-hmm. And how many bouts were there? Uh, 16. And I, I heard some people complaining that it, it dragged on, that it was it, too long. It did, yeah. There was actually an issue of people uh, getting home, getting back to their hotel rooms in New York or wherever when they were staying afterwards. So Because uh, New York... Or sorry, New Jersey Transit right. shut down after midnight. Yeah, it's 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 not close to Manhattan. Like it is close, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, what time did it end? Twelve thirty, Eastern. Yeah. Was it supposed to go that late? Uh WWE had told New Jersey Transit that it would end at ten thirty. 
So there's a little bit of a discrepancy of time there. (laughs) Only a couple of hours, right? But uh, I don't know if that was just a miscommunication or what, because in past years, WrestleMania has gone on way longer than uh, 12.30 Eastern, especially if they've run it in places outside of, uh, you know, the Eastern time zone, like on the West Coast or something. Okay, so So. what was the best bout? Uh, Best bout by far of the weekend... On, on WrestleMania itself was Miz versus Shane McMahon. That was a no holds barred street fight. It was really good. Well, when you anything with street fight is going to yeah. top my interest right there for sure. All right. And where were your seats? Uh, I lucked out. I had like the best seat I've ever had at one of these things. I was on the floor, uh, row A, uh, just almost about twelve rows from ringside, thirteen from ringside. So what's that like? Thirty feet. Uh, let's say about 60 feet or so. 60 feet, so you can, so you can see pretty good. Oh, yeah. see pretty well. Okay, uh, so you're there. Now, did you get to meet any wrestlers while you were down there? I did, yes. I've met uh, several of the top guys. Bobby Lashley was one, a very nice guy, very nice man. Uh, and are they in character the entire time, or are they a little more like, hey, I'm just Dave Smith from down the block? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Kind of half and half. Uh, you know, if you met them at the fan festival, they were kind of just... Basically, just chilling out of character and, and just taking pictures and signing autographs for you and the whole deal. So, all right. So, mm-hmm. how many WrestleManias is for you now? Three? This is my third that I've wrapped up and completed. And I did the Royal Rumble earlier this year. So, uh, I guess four big, huge travel package type vacations that I've done. But this is the wrap up of my third WrestleMania. And this was your first time in New York? First time ever Where did in New you York. Stay? Yeah. Uh, I stayed at the uh, Crown Plaza Times Square. Oh, nice. My room had a spot-on view of Times Square. Like, I look out the window and see Times Square So you were bathed in electric light? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All night. Well, Kel, I, I I know I give you a hard time, but I'm just bugging you, and I'm glad I am glad you got to go, and I, I do appreciate your passion for this, and you know about four thousand times more about wrestling than anybody else I've ever met, and probably about forty thousand times more than I do. So oh, thank that you. That's pretty cool, for sure. All right, are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Well, we gotta do a break. We gotta do a break, and here. then we're gonna call somebody in the Dominican Republic. What is FC Edmonton doing? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now they are get ready for their CPL season. You'll find out. Columbus beating Tampa Bay 5-1. So the Blue Jackets go up 2-0 in that best-of-seven series. Atkinson, Morensky, Duchesne, Nash, and Panarin scoring for the Blue Jackets. Sergachev with the only goal for the Lightning. Still 1-1 Penguins and Islanders. They're six minutes into the third. No score early. Blues and Jets. Well, we were talking baseball. 
the spring and summer rolling in. Now we're talking some soccer. FC Edmonton in the new Canadian Premier League. Their season starts in less than a month, but right now they're in the Dominican Republic, joined by head coach Jeff Paulus. Jeff, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on again, Reed. Well, Jeff, yes, yeah, it's great to connect with you, especially a long-distance call here from the Dominican Republic. Let everybody know what you guys are doing there, what the Canadian League is doing there. What's going on? Yeah, you know, a few things. Um, you know, for us, certainly, it's just part of our preparation, getting ready for the year, and it, it's uh, it's a full week. We get a chance to get the players away from home. Uh, no distractions. You know, you can do some team build, uh, bonding stuff, but certainly some of our training sessions in the season have been quite good, and we'll have two full matches here, which is um, obviously we need that, you know, at this time of year. As far as the league goes, it's, um, you know, it's an opportunity to have all seven teams. It's obviously brand new. It's something different. And uh, they wanted to get us all together in year one, um, you know. And with the uh, with the announcement of the Media Pro deal, of course, which which will be a broadcast partner for us and a significant one, um, they're also here as well. So this is their chance to get to know the teams, uh, create some footage, and you know, a bunch a uh, whole lack of background material on all the sides. So yeah, it's just a, tan- a chance again to to get together and launch this league as a kind of a unified group. So who are you going to play while you're there, Jeff? We played a Dominican team, Inter RD, and uh, this team, it's a local side, but they've obviously brought in some players from, from around the region. There's a couple of Peruvians, Colombians and whatnot that have come up for the uh, for these games to trial as well, uh, to be identified. So so they've brought together a group of players, and, and we played them the other day, and we, you know, we, we, we've done well. You know, we had a 2-0 result. We've kept a clean sheet, but most importantly, we're starting to see some of our some of our style of play starting to come out, the way we want to press, the way we want to, um, you know, build out of the back. So these things were we're able to do against good opposition, you know, and this is, uh, so it was a good test for us for our first, you know, big match um, with, with a side that'll be close to what we'll face in this league. And, and we'll have another one on Sunday against Halifax Wanderers, which of course is in our league. And that'll really kind of give us a standing of, of what we need to work on. And, you know, um, yeah, where we need to be in three weeks time. I uh, hate to ask you the question that starts 95% of the conversations in this country, uh, but how is the weather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's uh, it, it's a balmy thirty degrees and uh, and humid, so perfect preparation for an Edmonton-based team certainly. Uh, but um, no, listen, it, it's good. You know, it's um, we've been inside the uh, the Edmonton Scottish Dome, uh, the Edmonton Soccer Dome, um, since uh, the first week in March. So, so again, the, the chance to come out here and um, you know get playing out here is is. Uh, just another opportunity to work on some things on the outdoor pitch. Um, yeah, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's nice. We had a recovery session on the beach today that uh, the players quite enjoyed. And yeah. Well, that sounds good. Go. Recovery session on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. So, sounds yeah. like a good day. So you, you, you got a you got a league game on May fourth against Valor FC. You got your home opener Sunday, May twelfth against Pacific FC. So between now and, right. and May fourth, I mean, we're counting down to that. Uh, what are some of the hmm. big things you hope to? I mean, obviously you gotta you gotta get a roster and make sure you got the right players. But what are some of the key right. uh, landmarks between now and then? <laughs> Yeah, I guess the number one thing is to just uh, to, to find that starting eleven, you know, that that just seem to have that chemistry, you know, that that you'll need, and um, so that's what we're going through the process right now of just determining who are who that eleven will be uh, on our first match, um, you know, and then for us, there, there's two main goals, you know, over this next short while. One is just some of our player rotations. We're trying to build out of the back. We want to be a possession-based team. In order to do that, though, we require a lot of moving off the ball. 
and um, we're not there yet. You know, we're, we're still very hesitant to rotate interchange positions. And so this will be a focus for ours the next three weeks. Um, and, and defensively, we want to be a team that also presses very high, you know, and, and that sets up a counterattack for us. And, and this is coming. We're actually quite happy with that. Where we're at the moment we need to be a bit more aggressive yet, but, um, but certainly the, um, the pieces are in place, you know, to be a really aggressive side. And, and we're, very, we're very much a quick side already. So, so this will help. But those are the kind of, I guess, the, 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 the three key things. Can getting your players together on the road, and, and I mean not just on the road, like far away from home for a week here, does that help with team bonding or am I being a little too kitschy here or is, or is that something you, you hope might help here? Uh, it, it does. It certainly does. You know, we we started off preseason a week later than every other team and we did that on purpose. We, we took our players camping for two days um, in Wildwood, Alberta. And we spent two days in the snow and the cold, and in you know these uh, wooden, these little wooden huts that they've that they've created with tarps. And um, so we did that to get them out of their comfort zone and and really challenge them mentally to see if they could focus on something positive and and not let their mind uh, create a negative experience for them. Um, and that was that was good. This is another opportunity where because you know we've got obviously you know we've got uh, families that that these players have left at home. Uh, we've got four of our young academy kids. We've got a 15 year old boy here with us on this trip, or his first experience away with. The professional side so we also for the younger ones it's really important to get them out of their comfort zone and see how they are uh, with us away you know and all of a sudden mom or or whoever at home is not making them breakfast and you know telling them what time they should go to bed and, and to drink enough water so so this is a this is a time where the players just get to come and, and be players you know uh, just be themselves and just um, get to know each other on, on their own they've decided who they'd room with and they they all room to somebody who they hadn't known that well you know, so this is just a great indication of where this team wants to be when it comes to that chemistry piece. And um, yeah, again, we're delighted with what we're seeing. This is a good group of players here. Yeah, right on. Well, Jeff, enjoy the rest of the week. Sounds like you're doing a lot of great work. And uh, again, we're counting down to your first game on May 4th, home opener on May 12th. We'll be talking before then, of course. Thanks for your time. Okay. Hey, thanks for having me on, Reed. Really appreciate it. Jeff Paulus from the sunny Dominican Republic, head coach of FC Edmonton. So they are counting down to their first game in the new Canadian Premier League coming up on May 4th. And just looking up at the tube here, the St. Louis Blues have opened the scoring against the Winnipeg Jets. Sunquist getting the goal. So the Blues go up 1-0 early in Winnipeg. Masters today, I mentioned Crowder leaderboard, a really fun tournament to watch so far. Molinari, Day, Kepka, Scott, and Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen all tied for the lead at 7 under par. Adam Scott saying, yeah, this one's pretty wide open, baby. There are so many great players in with a chance. And I think my game plan has to be the same as where I started the week. And I wanted my ball striking to kind of show up this week. Uh, a little more than it has any other week this year, and it's and it looks like it has. All right, and Tiger Woods one shot off the lead. Toronto Maple Leafs in Boston tomorrow. They lead that series one nothing after winning four one yesterday. Austin Matthews knows the Bruins will be coming out storming. We need to elevate our game uh, once again because, like you said, I mean we know they're going to come out uh, ready to play. But I mean we don't want to sit back. We want to come out like we did in the first period and, and be aggressive and, and play in their end and um, you know take the game to them and not let them take the game to us. 
And the Calgary Flames home tomorrow as well. They will be taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Mike Smith with the shutout in game one. Yeah, it's over as far as I'm concerned. Uh, one game doesn't make you a playoff run, so it's uh, it was a good start, and we're happy with that. But um, today's a new day, and tomorrow's a new game, so prepare for, uh, for another tough game. All right. And another thing to remember, Kellen, with Columbus winning tonight over Tampa Bay, we get at least four more games of John Tortorella. Mm-hmm. Because now, now the worst-case scenario for Columbus is they uh, they lose in six. Right. And th- that means the, the potential for more beautiful quotes like the one Tortorella gave us yesterday. I'll tell you right now, this room smells of B.O., I'll tell you. <laughs> my, my gosh. <laughs> Before, no, it's not me. It's not me. I, I walked into it here, and so does that end this thing here? Okay, thank you. All right. The room smells of B.O. Kellen, I know you were away yesterday. We we played that yesterday, and I mm. said, if you walk into a room full of media people, logic would dictate it shouldn't smell of B.O. Because uh, I'm telling you, and, and I work in the media corps that covers a hockey team, we ain't working out before we go cover practice or a morning skate. No. So there just must be somebody in that media contingent that has you know poor habits or doesn't own deodorant or, or something like that. Maybe they're running late, forgot or, to shower. Or it still could have been the lingering smell in his nose of being around hockey players and hockey equipment, neither of which smell good after being on the ice. Anyway, fun show tonight, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Columbus did beat the Lightning 5-1. Islanders now up on the Penguins 2-1 halfway through the third. And as I mentioned, the Blues with an early 1-0 lead on the Jets. The Blue Jays trailing Tampa 8-6 in the bottom of the eighth. Toronto getting back in that game with six in the seventh. And game one of the AJHL final into the second period now, 1-0 Brooks leading Spruce Grove. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports, our studio operator this evening, the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will rejoin you Monday at 6. Hope you have an awesome weekend. Just grab your hat. Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.